Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is January 31st, 2024. The 1 12th of the year is now over. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I am your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Daramont. As it is Wednesday, this is a deep dive Wednesday. So instead of having a whole ton of tabs open that I can only briefly touch on, I only have four tabs open to kind of talk a little deeper into some of the news stories of the day. And let's get right into the first one is from the register.com, Catania Couch reporting. And I saw this was, I picked this one because I saw it all over LinkedIn today and it's, why not? This is, this is where we're at today. So it took Taylor Swift deep fake news to focus Uncle Sam Microsoft on AI safety. I'm not going to read the sub headline because I would be embarrassed to have read it. But anyway, fake sexual explicit, sexually explicit AI generated viral images of pop royalty Taylor Swift have struck a nerve leading fans of Microsoft bosses and even the White House to call for immediate action to tackle deep fakes. Now, before I go further, let's just keep in mind, this has been going on for years. Um, Photoshop, Adobe have been have allowed for the creation of fake images for a long time. This is not something new. This is just a evolution of stuff that's been going on already using AI um, and more and more video oriented stuff. But I mean, again, again, this is nothing new, but hey, it's Taylor Swift, so it must be important. Okay. The X-rated images to which the register won't link, oh, thank goodness for that, circulated online over the weekend and were published on Twitter, racking up at least tens of millions of views. The deep fakes have thrust the issue, that's a, <laughs> probably not the appropriate term, but thrust the issue of non-consexually explicit AI deep fake center stage as Swifties, many of whom flag the images as inappropriate, which appropriate to do, to do that, were apparently disappointed to learn there's no federal law prohibiting such content. Okay. This incident came long after prior concern over the production of sexually explicit deep fakes featuring less famous women without their consent. Now that megastar Taylor Swift has been pulled into this quagmire, it's red alert all around. That's an excellent paragraph and a well, well, well pointed statement. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean Pierre declared Congress should take legislative action to stamp out fake, non safe for work images. Quote We are alarmed by the reports of the circulation of images that you just laid out of false images to be more exact and it's alarming, unquote, she told ABC News. In the meantime, Jean Pierre urged social media apps, including X, to take down the images and prevent them from spreading online. Twitter or X at one point blocked searches for Taylor Swift entirely to halt the flow of fake nudes, lifting the blockade on Sunday night. That hasn't stopped the AI-generated deepfakes doing the rounds in chat rooms and on image boards. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, whose IT giant's text-to-image tool designer may well have been used to create the bogus snaps, called the false images alarming and terrible. We have to act, Nadella told NBC News, referring to guardrails that need to be put in place to prevent designer from creating this kind of material. Quote, I think we all benefit when the online world is a safe world. Okay. And so do I, so I don't think anyone would want an online world that's completely not safe for both content creators and content consumers. So therefore I think it behooves us to move fast. Okay. There's some more to this, but fair enough. I mean, fair statements all around, but honestly to think that legislative action is going to solve this is short-sighted and stupid. Now it's sad that it took to this point to become a problem in a week no one will remember this, but it will continue on. I like, and like I said, with less famous people happening to all the time, our current legislative body can't agree on 
whether the sun is bright or not. The ability for them to come up with some kind of legislation to stop this and then to deploy it and or make it happen is even less so, especially in election year. Do not expect this in election year. Never going to happen. Um, but the outrage is impressive, I got to say. But again, as I've I said this on LinkedIn today when this was posted is this is nothing more than a continuation on something that was already going on and there was never any way to stop it before. And let's say you do do legislation to stop it. Are we saying that all of these images are being created in the United States? Probably not. And will it stop being created because there's a U.S. federal law to prevent it? No, it won't. Now, if Microsoft can put pl things in place to stop that, good on them. But if their application is offline, how are they going to monitor that? So again, th this is fake outrage. Well, it's not fake outrage, but it's stupid outrage because being outraged at something that's inappropriate as noted, it's unfortunate, but that's the, that's the side effect of celebrity, right? If it wasn't Taylor Swift, it would have been some other megastar. So again, this is a whole lot of concern for something that no one's going to solve, but I understand it's a news story and people will read it because it's got the word Taylor Swift in it. And people have asked, who am I pulling for in the Super Bowl? I'm a Cowboys fan, so I don't really care much for the 49ers. I'm tired of the Taylor Swift, Kansas City Sheep thing. So if you ask me, I hope both both teams um, get snowed in. To This is the nice way to say Get snowed in in their respective cities and can't make it to the Super Bowl. That's what I would prefer. All right. Next, from darkreading.com, Jai Vijayan reporting. Feds reportedly try to disrupt the Volt Typhoon attack infrastructure. Okay, cool. The China Link threat actors attack on U.S. critical infrastructure organizations have alarmed American intelligence officials, Reuters says, is the subheadline. From the article, the U.S. government, in collaboration with private sector stakeholders, has been quietly working to disrupt the attack infrastructure of Volt Typhoon, a dangerous China Link threat group associated with numerous attacks targeted at U.S. critical infrastructure since at least mid-2021. Reuters, citing multiple unnamed sources on January 30th, reported the activity is involving attempts by the U.S. to remotely disable aspects of the Chinese operation over the past few months. The U.S. Department of Justice and the FBI are spearheading the effort after seeking and obtaining legal authorization, according to Reuters. The disruption efforts reportedly stem from growing anxiety within the U.S. intelligence community about widespread hacking activity involving, including ransomware, by Volt Typhoon. Um, the big concern is that the threat actors helping lay the groundwork for capabilities that could lead China to disrupt capabilities in the Indo-Pacific region that support or service U.S. military operations in the area. Quote, sources said the U.S. officials are concerned the hackers were working to hurt U.S. readiness in case of a Chinese invasion of Taiwan, Reuters said. So great point. This is what this is what the government should be doing. These kind of things, trying to disrupt these hacking groups because there's intelligence that can help you figure out where their infrastructure is. It's, you can't always hide your activities. Everything, everybody has a, there's always a way to track it, especially with our own intelligence services, having capabilities probably better than the Chinese, if not on par. So this is, this is what the government and the intelligence community needs to be doing. And, and the best part of this that I read was in collaboration with private sector stakeholders. So if those kind of relationships can continue on and target these kind of activities and disrupt them, I'm all for it. That's exactly what should be done. And honestly, if they get it to work now, I was the only argument I have with this is reporting that you're doing it. That's probably not a good plan, but all I can figure is they've either done a very good job at it already or they can't do any more. So that's probably why this has been reported. Otherwise, you keep this quiet until you completely disrupt it. But hey, thumbs up to them for trying. So that's good. 
Bleeping Computer, Bill Tolis reporting, online ransomware decryptor helps to recover partially encrypted files. Okay, this is more good news. CyberArk has created an online version of White Phoenix, an open source ransomware decryptor targeting operations using intermittent encryption. The company announced uh, today, which was yesterday, that although the tool was already freely available through GitHub as a Python project, they felt an online version was needed for the less tech-savvy ransomware victims who don't know how to work with the code because that's going to be usually your small and medium-sized businesses who don't have the tech-savvy folks. Using the online White Phoenix is as simple as uploading files, hitting the Recover button, and allowing the tool some time to restore whatever it can. Currently, the tool supports PDFs, Word, and Excel document files, zips, and PowerPoint. Also, the online version has a file size limit of 10 megabytes, so if you're looking to decrypt larger file sizes or virtual machines, the GitHub version is the only way to go. So you can still do that with those larger files. You just have to get someone to help you with the GitHub version. Intermittent encryption is a method used by many ransomware operations to speed up the encryption of devices by only partially encrypting the victim files. Current ransomware strains employing intermittent encryption include Black Hat and Elf, Play, Quilin and Agenda, bin line and dark bit therefore white phoenix can only help victims hit by those strains but this is a move in the good right direction as opposed to the whole argument about should you or should you not pay ransomware this is what needs to be created this type these type of tools that can help companies decrypt their encrypted files so thumbs up to uh who is this company cyber arc well done that is that is pretty awesome. So it does say that uh, CyberArk told Bleeping Computer certain strings need to be readable in the files depending on their type for the decryptor to work properly. So the one thing I will note with this is not a a guaranteed fix it kind of thing. It's going to require um, it's hit. It's going to be hit or miss. You, you may get it to work, you may not. But at least it's an option outside of paying the ransom. So hopefully we see more of this because as all things evolve, hopefully things like this evolve as well into the positive. Uh, this is more from the negative news file, securityaffairs.com. Perlugi Paganini reporting, hundreds of network operators' credentials found circulating in the dark web. Well, that is not at all good. Hundreds of compromised credentials of customers of Ripe, Apnic, Afrinic, and Lacnic are available on the dark web, cybersecurity researchers, or resecurity, rather, the company resecurity warrants. Now, those entities are those that provide IP addresses and other networking information for all the networks of the world. So that's not good. It says ReSecurity conducted a thorough scan of the dark web and identified over 1,572 compromised customers of RIPE, Asia Pacific Network Information Center, the African Network Information Center, and the Latin American and Caribbean Network Information Center, resulting from info stealer infections. This figure also includes historical records and new artifacts identified in January 2024. Rec Security has notified victims whose credentials were compromised by info stealers like Azarut, Redline, Vidara, Luma, and Taurus and exposed on the dark web. Based on the collective feedback, cybersecurity experts were able to build the following statistics. 45% of them were not aware about the identified compromised credentials and acknowledged successful password change and enabled to UFA. That means 55%. Uh, we're aware, so that's good. They probably changed it. 16% were already aware of the identified credentials. 14% were aware of the compromised c- credentials, but enabled two-factor only after notification. 20% acknowledged that they need to perform deeper investigation of the incident leading to credential compromise, um, so on and so forth. So as an example, the compromised accounts, uh, as an example of compromised accounts, rather, ReSecurity outlined exposed access credentials belonging to a major data center and one of the largest vendors providing international scale tele- network uh, telephony 
connectivity to governmental and national telecom providers in Africa. So this is bad because these people have a lot of information. And if their credentials are online, bad guys can do credential stuffing and get access and do bad things to to these network organizations, which this is not a group of individuals you want their information flowing around on the dark web. My troubled part here is that they didn't have two-factor authentication turned on to start with. That's bad. These people, again, these people should know better. They should have had two-factor authentication on anyway, so that if they, even if it was compromised, it wouldn't have mattered, but they don't because I don't know, because I don't know why they don't, but they should. But again, it's the basics, the basics we got to talk about. We talk about all the time. Not everybody's doing it. That is the deep dive for this Wednesday. I hope you found interest in it. If you think, is this kind of a useless exercise, these kind of Wednesday things, let me know. I'll go back to just whipping through a bunch of news stories. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and we will talk again on Thursday. Know that knowledge is protection. If you can understand the threats targeting you, you can assess your risk. Proceed wisely. Thanks again for listening and downloading, subscribing, all that kind of stuff. We'll talk again tomorrow. CyberSmart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.